Hey everyone, welcome to We The Trust. On this podcast, we talk about the issues that plague the lives of men, from sonship to fatherhood, fitness to finance, emotions to spiritual formation. We push the boundaries that make most men uncomfortable. My name is Mario Casada, a pastor, mindset coach, and brand strategist living in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I am joined by Eric Chang, an entrepreneur, fitness coach, and author living in Arcadia, California. Welcome to season two. We are talking to Nate Burkhalter, uh, American Ninja Warrior. We, we have some American Ninja Warriors on this season, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, we are going to be talking about being all in. Um, and Nate has a, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point, but he has a little nickname. It's called No Limits Nate. And uh, I want to I wanna know what all that's about. I'm going to give you a little bit of a background, but I'm going to ask, I'm going to really just ask Nate to introduce himself. Uh, Nate's a well-rounded warrior, uh, operates as a pro athlete, adventure engineer, and mission worker. I want to dive into engineer and, and, and that story. Um, he's a seven-season American Ninja Warrior competitor and a three-time national finalist. Uh, he was rejected in his first two years of applying to the show, but finally accepted on his third attempt. Um, in 2020, Nate became a grand champion of Exatlon USA, the world's toughest reality TV athletic competition, which lasted over seven months. What? In a remote part of the Dominican Republic. That just sounds scary. Seven, seven months in a remote part of the Dominican Republic just sounds dangerous. Um, so Nate's other hobbies include motorcycle riding, extreme sports, leading worship at his church, and, and having fun with his three roommates, one of which is uh, one of our other um, uh, guests, Grant McCartney. Uh, and uh, he's also a motivational speaker and a preacher. So we're going to bring the word today, you guys. Uh, excited to have you, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. What up, what up, guys? Thank you, Mario. Thank you, Eric. Honored to be here. Excited for it. I'm all in for the podcast. <laughs> He's showing up. He's all in. Let's go. go. He's all in. <laughs> all right, Nate. I'm just gonna. I want to. I want to know. I mean, I know that's your bio. You know, that's a little bit of your bio. It's just a, a touch of it. But um, give us, give us your story. I want to. I want to know. I want to know more about the man um, that brought you to uh, this place. You said you had. You know, I think we we've talked uh, just a couple times, but I believe that recently you had some major breakthrough in your life um spiritually emotionally mentally um uh you've always been kind of a physical guy so i'd love to just hear your story a little bit yeah you know there's things come in waves and seasons breakthroughs come in in waves sometimes it's that that light bulb moment other times it's just the slow and steady plodding on and something finally kind of comes together but you know as my bio talks about the thing that grabs people's attention just like grant being on here is american ninja warrior that's been become a big component of my life, or at least in the past season it has. So that was, that was something I, I learned and, and became and did in a very outgoing or visible way. But there's so many components of life that they're foundational, they're, they're below the surface. So I, I've spent about a 10-year career being a subsurface engineer, ironically with that name. We, we worked on projects below the ground from zero to 35,000 feet underground, so miles underground and as I developed a career, learning what it's like to, 
to prepare things that are below the surface. You know, eventually I feel like God was doing a work in me where I, I became ready to now be, I wouldn't say be surface level, but be more seen, you know, which is with the nature of being on TV. But you got to have a lot of foundational things to do that and be not only be successful, but not let it define you. So, you know, as we get on this podcast, I, I researched a little bit about what you guys were, were doing and the themes, what you're doing in season two and, and what's important, kind of like your five pillars. Yes, and sir. Some of the things that are, I, all of what you guys talk about is important to me with these different categories, you know, and the one that I've probably lacked the most in out of, I read them off like spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, financial. Through my upbringing, what was natural to me is I lacked financial security. I was raised as a preacher's kid, had four younger siblings, and we didn't have financial stability or security. We were on free lunch, food stamps, stuff like that. So early on, I learned it kind of depends on me. I got to make things happen. And as I moved off to high school and college and working my way through that, I saw engineering as a path forward for, for finding some kind of financial stability and success. So I pursued that. The one that was hard for me and I'm still working through now, even as I get into dating, was like emotional. I learned to kind of be a guy that, to just like close it off and get done what I need to get done. And I've, it, it's taken me a while to unpack some of those elements. Even as I'm 35 and single now, I haven't had the complaint that I am emotionally unavailable. But then I've heard things like that before of like, you, you, you stay distracted on the things that are more, that are easier for you. For me as an athlete, I, I didn't know that I was an athlete until probably college. There were times in high school that I wanted to do something athletically, but I, because of being homeschooled for years from about sixth grade up till ninth grade, I went back into public school in 10th grade without any sports foundation. I was 115 pounds. I was five foot seven and I got held back. So I was, I was a 17 year old kid that was placed in ninth grade. Although I should have been in the 10th or 11th grade range. So I show up at this public school, don't know anyone, poor, skinny, small, and trying, like, I'm like, I want to compete in something. Can I play football? Not a chance. Um, I would have to go start on the eighth grade team and work my way up. And I was like, that seems like it'd be a lot of embarrassment, probably failure for me to get in and like derank myself even more on a social status and then not even know if I'm going to make it. So I didn't. One, I definitely wasn't all in, although I really, in my heart, in my spirit, I really wanted to play football. And that was something that defined me early on. I was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of scared to go all in on this. In parallel, I'm, I'm raised as a preacher's kid, so I'm at church every week. I'm having to do all the religious duties. But it was, in hindsight, very, like, lukewarm, very much you're supposed to be here. And so I'd show up, but it wasn't like a all-in mentality of, man, I'm, I'm here to, like, grow and learn. It was kind of I got to do what I got to do. So I was judgmental. I, I, I played the part, but it, I never really had that sense of really experiencing God's presence and people that did things that weren't right. I was judging them. I'm doing things right. And yet I'm looking at porn on the side when I could. And, and still like, I'm just kind of managing my life in a limited capacity. So I'm, I'm not quite all in at sports because I'm scared of failing. I'm not quite all in at this church God thing, because I don't know if I really believe it or not. And I see examples of people being hypocrites. I'm like, I don't know if this is real. And the only thing I figured out early on at that point was I need to learn how to be all in with working. I need to figure out how to work, make my job work, make some kind of career work. And I poured a lot of focus into that. And there was some, some blessing in that. I became disciplined. I became disciplined in, in studying. I ended up doing three years of high school. Four, I'm sorry, four years of high school in three years. 
and came in with no credits to my name because of my homeschooling background, which we just had hand-me-down books that I would read. Ended up finishing high school in the top 10 of my class because I learned how to, to discipline myself and be all in in my schoolwork. And so I put a lot of focus there. And in parallel, I got to play tennis. Tennis in South Louisiana was a joke. They, they called you uh, certain names if you played tennis as a guy. And, but I figured, you know, this is a chance for me to get my foot in the door with practicing and doing something, even though there's relatively no competition. But it gave me a little bit of a rep and exercising my mind. And I started seeing I'm, I'm decent athletically. And in retrospect to everyone else, like maybe there's a little bit of potential here. So as that carried me on to college, I started figuring out, man, I'm the skinniest guy here. When I graduated high school, I was 130 pounds at six foot tall. Wow. So I was, I was taller at that point, but I was so skinny and so weak. And I realized, man, I, I complain when I see other people. Like, it's, it's not fair. That guy's, he's, he's jacked up and all the girls look at him and like him. And this guy over here has got these big muscles and this guy's doing this. It's not fair. It's just, it's just all genetic. And they got this. And I realized, one, I was making excuses. I was not taking accountability for my role to play in this. And one, I didn't understand how to lift weights. I didn't understand how to eat. I had no plan or intentionality. And I just kind of complained. So when I got to college, I was like, one, I was on a meal plan. So then I could eat all the food I wanted. My dormitory had an air conditioning in it. My, my room back in Louisiana didn't. So it was hot all night. Now I can sleep better in my room. And then I got access to weights. It's like, let's go all in. And so I dove into those three things, eating, sleeping, and weightlifting. <laughs> Here we I, go. I put on like 60 pounds of muscle in the first year of college. That was a, a breakthrough in certain ways physically. In parallel with that, I met a few friends from the football team and I started practicing with them. And they're like, dude, you got, you got what it takes to do this. And I was like, really? Man, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that I had like the athletic ability. Like, oh man, you can, you can do this. So I, I'm training with the team next year, year two. I'm like, man, I, I want to try out for the team. I want to I try out college football. And some people are like, dude, you, you didn't even play in high school. Like, you can't go straight into college. That's impossible. And, and other people are like, yeah, you can do that. So I, long story short, I start working through that process. And I'm, and I'm like at this 90% all in. I'm almost there. I'm almost, I'm going to go for it. I'm like, I'm getting really excited about this. This is a dream. And as I'm trying out, going through the process, and I'm, I'm working with the team and quarterback, and I was going for wide receiver. I'm walking across campus one day in the spring and on my way to a, a, a practice, not with the team, but practice with a few people walking across the ground and the same pathway that I took every Saturday. I'm the lead of my group. A few people are behind me do, 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 and I step and all of a sudden I just sink in the ground. And as I'm sinking into what becomes a pit of boiling water, I reach back behind me and kind of catch my hand on the edge of this and push myself back out. And as I do, I see all the steam bubbling up and gurgling. And I look at my legs and my skin starting to peel off. And I, I don't know what's happening. I'm like, did I step into a bath of acid? Are there hornets stinging me? Like, what is going on? And then through this chaos, I kind of get the idea of like, oh, this is boiling water. Where did this come from? And I run off to the, the dormitory bathroom in the shower. I run cold water on myself for a while. And as my skin's peeling off, ambulance comes and takes me off to the to the hospital. Long story short, I end up for a month in the hospital in the ICU. And it, it kind of derails and dead ends my, my dream of playing football. And as I got out of that and, and go back into school and finish up my engineering career, I gave up on that, that dream to go play football because 
it was a dream and it, it, it moved down on the priority list, but I realized in hindsight, like, man, I wasn't really all in on that dream. And I, I walked away with regret. And as I went into to full-time job in Houston, Texas, after graduating, I'm still in this kind of complacent space, spiritually speaking. I'm still a little bit emotionally unavailable. I'm physically doing pretty good, gifted. Financially, now I've got a great job and I'm making money that I never thought I'd make and never knew that was possible. So I feel like secure there, but um, I'm still complacent in a lot of places in my life. And I thought money and, and some physicality would fix this. And then I realized I'm, I need to work on some emotional things. I need to work on some spiritual pieces. There's, there's these different components that are important and I'm avoiding them. So I, it, it came to a head when I had like this midlife crisis and I realized to, I say midlife, maybe early life crisis. I was probably 25, 26. Has anyone had a, had a midlife crisis? <laughs> I've had a few quarter third life I'm, I'm, I'm heading into my midlife let's do it I want to read three to five years <laughs> I just saw this I saw people in my career in the corporation like 10 15 20 years ahead of me they kind of gave their life to that job they were they were all in there but it was only for a financial security piece because they were fearful in life and they sacrificed their families and, and a lot of them had dissolved marriages. And I started yeah. seeing, and they've got things out of, out of alignment. There's, there's gotta be some kind of priority system that happens here. And I see things are out of alignment and my life is kind of tracking in the same way. I'm doing the right things, but things aren't coming together. Like, what do I need to change? And this is where I had my God moment come to Jesus moment of like, God, I realized someone told, shared the scripture with me. He said, Deuteronomy 4:29. Jesus says, like, if you seek me, or it's not Jesus at the time, it's, it's through the Old Testament prophets, but if you seek me, God's saying to his people, if you seek me with all of your heart, that's where you'll find me. It takes all of your heart. And in my translation as an athlete is, as a coach, you want to tell your athletes, like, give me 100% effort, right? Give me 100%. And, and I wear a whoop band here. I don't know if y'all heard of the whoop band. It, it measures strain. And each strain is individual and unique to each person. So my 100% it's not the same as Mario's 100%. It's not the same as Eric's. And there's all these different realms of that. It doesn't matter who can run faster or farther or lift more, who has the, the greater mental capacity, who has more money. It's all about stewardship. It's all about what do you have, and you're called to use that. And God says, seek me with everything you've got. And I realized that's relative to each person, but I'm not seeking God with all I've got. I've kind of like given it 50% here and there. And yeah. There's uh, Revelation 3.16 talks about be either hot or cold. But if you're if you're lukewarm, if you're passive, if you're in the middle, then you're of no use to me. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And so he's speaking to his church. Jesus is speaking to the church and saying, I need you to, to have some energy. It takes energy to heat up water and boil it so that it makes a great cup of coffee. And I can use that. Or it takes energy to, to cool off what's in the refrigerator or the freezer to, to cool it down to a cool glass of water. But if you leave things at rest, they're going to go to the most complacent room temperature environment. And if you let that happen in your spiritual walk, in your financial walk, in your emotional walk, in your physical walk, in your mental, you're going to go to this complacent average place and you're going to drift. And I realized I had drifted for so long spiritually, and that's the one that's got to be on track. That's got to be the priority. So after hearing those two scriptures and someone shares it with me, 
I read Matthew 6.33 and it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I was like, man, that righteousness term, what, is, what does that mean? Like, just be a good person? So I look it up. I'm like, I should know this. I'm a preacher's kid, but I also didn't care about reading the Bible. Look it up. And righteousness means doing things God's way, like God's order, God's, God's priority. It's like, oh, man, seek first God's way, and then everything else will fall into place. So I was like, let me, let me rearrange some things. Maybe it's time that I really do this Deuteronomy 429 piece and go all in, and all in for the most important thing, which is following God and his order, submitting my life there. And, and part of your, your message, as what I've read, it's about first you surrender, then you serve, and then you strengthen, right? And so I, I love the theme of that. First, you got to surrender. Now, if, if those of us in kind of the, the Christian space, we know Jesus died for our sins, so he's our Savior. And we're like, cool, it's easy to accept that gift. I got, I'm, I'm saved. There you go. I love that. We the trust. And, and that's your message. I'm saved. Cool. Thank you, God. Thank you for that free gift. I'll accept it. But the next thing that comes is surrender or submission. And that's tough for humans in general, but especially for men. Like to, to submit, to surrender, to give someone else control? Nah, bro. I'm, I'm trying to do me. I can, I'm to do my thing. Like, I, I, cool. Give me some tips because I want to I do it on my own. I'm going to be my own God. And that what the original sin was, Adam and Eve getting tempted by Satan to say, you can be your own God. You can be like God. All you need is the knowledge. If you get the knowledge, you eat the fruit of knowledge, information, it wasn't the knowledge of good and evil in the way of now you can choose good and evil. It was knowledge in versus the tree of life, which is depending on God, submitting your life to him, trusting, and then following that, that everything else will play, play out the way it needs to. So I was thinking to that ultimate place of like, okay, I, I, I got that whole salvation thing when I was seven. Cool. But it's not working in the way that I'm not submitted to God and to his, his way. So I got to this place of having that full conviction of I've either got to submit I got to, you know, what's the word without, maybe you got to say, it. basically crap or get off the pot. Like, <laughs> choose one. So I'm kind of sitting here in between, like, I got to kind of, I believe in you and I've seen some things out here that are real, but I don't really want to submit to you. And that's the one that was the toughest place. And the first time I really went all in in my life. So I was like, all right, God, whatever it looks like, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my finances. I'll give you my job. I'll give you whatever success I have, the, the control. I'll go wherever you call me to go. Like, God, but please don't send me to Africa. Please don't make me a preacher like my dad. Please don't make me poor. <sighs> don't make me marry an ugly woman just so I have a wife. Please, God. But, but at the end with an asterisk, I said, but I, as best of my understanding, I trust that whatever you call me to do, even if it's all those things that I don't want, I'll trust that you'll give me the grace and you'll ultimately give me joy in that because i kind of learned a disciplined life my, my father was a, a good godly righteous character driven man he's very disciplined focused and and so we didn't have the greatest amount of love it was more like do as you're supposed to do so i kind of learned that as what god must be like god's that's not really going to give you a blessing and joy and abundance it's more like get your stuff done and then you get to eat and you get to kind of participate so God had to begin rewiring my mind of what it looks like. And John 10, 10, you know, reminded me that, hey, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it doesn't say it in this verse, but like the enemy condemns. There's always condemnation. God, God brings conviction, but the enemy's condemning you. So 
The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life abundantly. And I'm like, man, abundant. That sounds, that sounds cool. Like I'm, I'm down for that message. I want to see some, some ways that God moves in powerfully in people's lives. I want to see a life that's like exciting to live. And around that time, I, I got around some people that were really inspiring and encouraging and, and doing well in life, but as a submitted, sold out follower of Jesus, but also had a, an incredible family and, and life and ministry and financial success and everything was kind of coming together. And I was like, man, that's, that's possible. That's cool. Okay, God, I, maybe that's, that's a, a thing you got for me. But as I went through that submission process, God kind of drug me out to a, a wilderness season for 18 months. And mm-hmm. I feel like I got tested there. Had to give up a lot of the old friendships and the old mindsets. And um, ultimately, I didn't feel called to quit my job. I actually ended up taking some bigger risk in my company because now I wasn't operating out of fear. And like, how do I not screw this up so I don't get disciplined and lose this job? It was more like, how do I operate out of an abundance mindset and take bigger risk? Because now I'm not defined by outwardly worldly success. I now I'm getting revelation of who I am as a son of God. And as someone who's fully, radically both saved and sanctified, justified. So it shifted my mindset and I got to a place where, man, I could take a little bit more risk. And it all started from really being all in, selling out to following Jesus. And in the mindset shift there was like, and I'm getting rid of so many things in my life that are, that are kind of keeping me in a stuck place. Like, okay, I'm, I'm trying not to watch porn, but, but I'm also okay looking at certain pictures on Instagram and I'm, I'm trying to keep my mind in the right place. I'm trying not to get lost in these kind of pointless friendships, but I'm still going out on Friday nights and having some happy hour drinks and not saying that's necessarily bad, but it just kept me in complacent places. I was like, I got to get rid of all this crap. I want to be able to completely break free from porn and lust. I got to strip it all away and not kind of dabble with like, well, it's still okay to listen to some of this rap music and still okay to kind of do this, get rid of all of it. So I went all in and like cleaning up my life, all in with getting the garbage out and then letting it be replaced by by things that are going to fill up my spirit and activate me. So I'm doing that. And I'm still like, have this dream of like, man, God, can I still do something with my body? Like I'm excited to compete and be an athlete, but it, I'm already past all that. College is gone. That's all you can do. So I'm playing like flag football leagues with these 40 year old men who are kind of waddling around the field, just, just trying to have some fun with it. And, and out of nowhere, someone sends me this text message and they're like, Hey man, I saw this TV show called American Ninja Warrior. I just thought about you. I don't know why, but I think you should check it out and apply for it. So I watch this YouTube video. And as I'm watching it, man, it like sparks in my spirit. Like, like in hindsight, I felt like God was saying, this is my next step for you. And as I find out what the process of this is, one, you got to be on TV, which scared me. You're going to be public in front of others. You have to audition to this thing. So it's also a rejection potential. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many factors that would have scared me away in the past. You also have to communicate and speak to the camera on TV. I didn't want any part of that. I wasn't good at it. I was nervous. I was an engineer for a reason because I could sit behind my computer and like have a phone call with one person at a time. So it, it was all of my fear factors put in my face, but then it was like this hope and this faith of, man, but, but maybe some of the dreams that I feel like God's put in my heart could begin coming true if I step out in faith. And the old me, the old not all in, the old passive side of me in, in high school football but he wasn't even going to try for it. College football, mostly tried for it. But then I let some, some uh, obstacles derail me. I gave up easily because I was like, man, it's still a big risk. Like, what, if I, what if I fail? What if I get rejected? What if I got to tell everyone I didn't make it? That was scary for me. 
So I stuck to the things I knew I could get done. I knew I could do. And that means I played it safe. So now I'm in this place of, am I going to play it safe? Or am I going to, if I play it safe, that means I'm not going to go for this. Or I'm not going to tell anyone about it so that if I do get rejected, no one knew. And I'm not exposed. But I'm also just going to keep creeping along in life and be frustrated. Like, man, everyone just feels lifeless. And I'm, I'm the center of that. Or maybe it's time to, to redefine what I think success is and, and realize that God's given me the, the place of confidence in him. And that's theory right now. Like some of that's theory to me. So I've got to test this out. Long story short, I start going for it. And as you, as you read my bio, like I applied for two years and I got rejected for two years. And it wasn't just me secretly applying. Like I put this thing on Facebook and I, I think Instagram was around at that point. So I put it on Instagram and the people I know at the office, I'm telling them I'm applying for American Ninja Warrior. And man, it like up the ante of people going, oh, whoa, you do, you're going for that? Oh, okay. And like, oh man, I got, I got to back this up. Like I got to be committed. So I'm, I'm diving in even more. I'm going to these gyms, I'm training. I make this application video. I start showing a few people and, and some of my coworkers who were nerdy like me, they're like, oh, that's cool, man. You, you're athletic. That's awesome. You know, in uh, relation to people who sit at a desk all day long. So they're hyping me up. They're gassing me up. I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it. You know, I submit this thing and they call me back and they're like, hey, thanks for applying. But um, yeah, we're not accepting you. So better luck next year. Your video, hang it up. And it was crushing, to be honest, because now I'm like, I got to go report back to everyone that I haven't been accepted. Because I know if I don't do it preemptively, everyone's going to be asking me. So uh, I make that announcement. And it was still kind of surprising that, you know, I didn't get this crazy rejection. I was like, you know what? People still admire that I was willing to go for it, to put myself out there. Yeah, there's a few haters and naysayers. But I, I learned, like, hey, it's worth it. So keep giving it everything you can. So I've given it all I had. And I, I learned that year, even though the season is now – past for me is in the form of getting accepted there's a way that people can go walk on and camp out by the course where it's going to be built and the person who's there the longest basically gets a invite onto the course as the the test dummy they can still compete so I, I heard it was going to be in Dallas Texas which is ironic because right now I'm in Dallas Texas and that's that was back in 2014 so eight years later I'm up here in Dallas Texas where it all started for me so I drive up there and I camp out for like a week had a little tent sitting next to where the course was. It was um, at the Cotton Bowl where they built this thing out. And the day of the competition, a few of the executive producers came out in this line where now about 100 people had formed. And they're like, all right, who is here first? And they put, took the first seven people, and I was one of them. And they brought me in, and I got to basically compete. And I did pretty well, but I didn't knock it out of the park. So I didn't move on to the next round. But it was like I was still, still doing everything I could. A month later, they had the national finals. I fly out there and sit outside the gate where the thing was, just trying to raise my hand to say, I'll test for you guys. I'll be a test dummy. I'll do whatever I can. And they pulled me in out of hundreds of people. And I got to test some of the course. And I ended up beating the first round of the national finals in Las Vegas as a tester. So it didn't count, wasn't on TV, but it gave me some experience that came into play six years later. So as this thing played out, I realized every year, and here's the message for us, whenever we try something, probably for those of you that are married, when you, when you sign up for marriage, you say, I'm all in, you're my one, I'm here. And it's a little easier to sign that check at the altar. <laughs> Five, seven, 10 years later, you realize, one, you're probably more selfish than you realized. But two, 
that commitment you made, you've got to re-up it. Like you, you've got to stay, you've got to go, man, I was all in back then, but it, it's taken more of me now than I realized it was going to take. And I, I kind of have to be faced with this. Am I still all in? Like there's actually more than I can give and there's more that's required of me. And if I stay complacent and kind of stick to that, that same commitment I made years back, I'm not showing up in the way that I need to show up for my spouse, for my kids. And so for me, even on this Ninja Warrior journey, every year I realized as though the year before I was all in, but now what, what, what all in was last year isn't enough this year. Like there's more I can give. And Navy SEALs are really good at always saying like, there's so much more you have to give than you realize. Your mind can go much further, but it's going to tell you to stop or that's enough. So parts of me was like, man, I've, I've given a lot to this and I don't know if I want to keep doing this. And I realized, but I'm not, I'm not going to walk away right now. I'm only getting older. I made this commitment to go for it. So I've got to do it. So I, I apply again the second year. I give it more effort, better video, better training. Uh, I got my brother involved. He, he looks similar to me. I was like, it'll be cool. They'll take, they see us together. We look like twins. They'll, they'll take us. They call us up and they're like, Hey, we saw that Nate, we saw your brother, Joel applied. Awesome. We're going to, uh, we're going to pick him. You're not in. Thanks. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. What? Come on. Que pedo, <laughs> oh no. Like, come on, bro. But I, I did learn something valuable in that, which was be, be willing to celebrate other people when they get what you want. There's, there's a, there's a character lesson in that God, God tests us, right? Satan will tempt us, but God will test us. Like, are you being a good steward? Are you, are you celebrating? Are you serving other people? If you say, put me first, seek first the kingdom of heaven. You say other people are important, love them and serve them. You're going to get tested in that. And like I got tested in that when I saw other people around me succeeding and getting the thing that I wanted. It's the same with relationships. Like I've been, I've been wanting to be married for a while now, but boy, Eric on here, you said the same thing. You're ready to be married. But do we still celebrate those that get that? Do we, do, are we happy for them? Or are we kind of side-eyed? I'm like, yeah, good for you, but you got the thing I deserve. I need that. Like, I saw that opportunity. So God tested me in that. Learned to celebrate others. Still went for it as best I could that year. Didn't make it. Year three, applied and got accepted, finally. As I'm actually living in Africa, working on a project there. So, you know, long story short with the Ninja Warrior thing, it wasn't until year six Six years, six years. We don't get paid for this thing. I'm working a full-time job, 60 hours a week. I'm, I'm serving at my church. I'm maintaining friendships. And it, basically every night I'm training like an Olympic athlete at this thing, just for the chance to get on, to then get a chance to compete, to then get a chance to fail or make it to the next round. It wasn't until my sixth year, finally made it past the regional qualifier and the regional final, which I'd done for six years in a row, but I hadn't made it to the national finals except for year three when I did, but I broke my ankle the night before the competition. Year five, I make it there. Uh, I missed it by one spot in the national finals. So I go and they asked me to test this time. Hey, you're, you're good. Can you come test for us? I show up, I test. I do one of the hardest obstacles. I, I rip my ankle out of socket. My toe bends back and touches my shin. Jeez. Oh, you know, I'm in the emergency room. It ends my athletic ability for the next nine months. Went until year six, I make it back to the national finals and then I beat the first round. And it's like, I can see the end in sight. It's a million dollar prize. Uh, side note, I had quit my job at that point. I left my engineering career. I had felt God prompting me for a couple years now, like, hey, you know what? It's time for you to be all in on the new place that I'm calling you. 
and it's going to take a, a higher level of faith. And it's going to call you to lay down the thing that you've learned from an early age to trust most, which is your own ability to have financial security. Because I had learned from working hard when I was 14 years old for $4 an hour on a farm, I could take care of myself. I could make enough money to pay my bills and save and do a few things. And I learned that all the way up through a, a successful engineering career. But God was saying, but, but can you trust me when you, when you aren't in control in this way? I was like, oh, man. I don't know. So it took me a few years to get there, but I finally, I left this job and, and I began stepping out in more ministry things that didn't really pay me, but they had impact that I felt God calling me to. And God was saying, I'll provide if you step there. So I'm like, huh? Okay. So as I tell my managers, Hey, I'm going to resign from the job. And they're like, why are you crazy? Well, what would you do that for? I mean, do what you want to do, bro. But if you want some, if you want some advice? Don't be an idiot. You got a great career. What are you going to go do? You're going to go be a kid and play on a playground? Like, no, dude, <laughs> be smart here. So, I, I mean, it, it's good, practical, worldly advice, but I couldn't deny what God had been prompting me for years on. So I got, finally got to the place, like I'm stepping out in faith, I'm quitting. And, and part of me was like, God, does this mean you're going to bless me and I'm going to win Ninja Warrior and I'm going to win the million dollars and, and my life's going to be a testimony of that. And, I mean, I knew that was kind of impractical, but then still a possibility. So I was like, that'd be cool. So I quit. I make it to the national finals after quitting, make it to the first round. As I'm getting ready for the second round, the next day, I get this massive case of food poisoning, sick, puking my guts up for 12 hours, diarrhea, cramps, can't move. I can't get to the course where the competition is going to be. The producer calls me and says, if you're not here in 30 minutes, we're disqualifying you. I'm like, I can't talk. They come and get me carry me in on a golf cart. I sit through the rules and I, I can't move. And they're like, Hey, it's your decision, but you need to forfeit your spot and we'll disqualify you. Long story short, I was like, man, it took me six years to get to this place and I'm never guaranteed it again. So do I want to look back in a couple of years and go, yeah, I was feeling bad. It just wasn't, wasn't going to happen. So I just, you know, I phoned it in. Thanks guys. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm, I'll give it another shot later. It's like, dude, this is all I got. And, I, and I, it's, you never know what's going to happen. So I'd rather be all in here and give it everything I've got and then look back and go, hey, I didn't make it. I failed, but I laid it all on the line. I gave it everything. I prayed as hard as I could pray. I trained as hard as I could pray. I gave it everything I've got instead of like, yeah, you know, I, I mostly went for it. And I'll, I'll get a little emotional on that because there were so many times when I was passive or I was afraid and I wouldn't lay it all on the line because that's when I knew it's going to define me. If I don't make it, that's going to, the enemy's going to throw that attack of like, see, you're not enough. You never were enough. You didn't have what it takes. And I realized, wait, this is where good friends came in. You know, as you have that community, you guys have formed this community to speak truth to people because there's spiritual warfare going on where the enemy puts these fiery arrows in our minds that tell us you're not enough. You're not going to make it. You're going to be rejected. It's not worth it. But then if you can filter that out and realize that's where the enemy's trying to derail us, that's where he's trying to take us down. I need some help here. And thankfully I had my bros. Grant was there in this place to help him take care of me. He carried me around for a little bit. He brought me to the ambulance. They put an IV in me and gave me some fluids. Um, a few of my other friends walked up, Maggie Thorne, another guy named Jared Greer, who's got a Ninja Warrior ministry here in Dallas. They walk up, they pray for me. And, and not just like, God help him, like some, some fire prayer. And then they're speaking things to me. My, my younger brothers were there. Like, bro, 
you've been through hard things before. You got your legs burned off. You've broken your ankle. <laughs> you've done this. Like this ain't nothing, man. You can you can rise up here. Give it everything you got. I'm like, yeah, I'm going for it. So I stand up on that platform, go for it. Couldn't even do a pull up five minutes before, and and take it after the course or take off take off on it. And I'm like, God, I was wearing this shirt or one like it, Illuminate Matthew five fourteen. Where he tells us, we're the light of the world, so let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Oh my God, I hope that you can turn this into a, a Romans 8.28 story of all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose because I've done this dang thing for six years now and nothing <laughs> really come of it. And I feel like it's just constantly like people going, oh man, sorry, bro. You hurt yourself again. Sorry, bro, you... You failed again. Sorry, you got rejected again. Sorry, you almost almost made it, but you didn't. I'm like, oh, God, can you turn some of this into good? And I, and I was like, I'm going to fail on this first obstacle. That's, that's pretty realistic right now. But I'm hoping that somehow at least I'll say I gave it everything I had, and that can be a testimony of power. So I launch off. They give me the countdown. Beep, 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 beep. And you take off. And I, I make it through the first obstacle. I hit towards the end. I climb out, and all of a sudden, I'm done. And I'm like, I made it through the first obstacle and I'm already breathing hard because I'm gassed. Then we move to the second one. Then we move to this like salmon ladder one that's pretty tricky. Then we move to the third one. So I'm like working my way through these things. Like, how is this possible right now? I am exhausted and I'm still going. And then we get to the one that I tested on the year before when I jacked my ankle and bent it all the way back to my toes. It took me out and it's, it's a big jump. It's a big commitment. You got to be ironically <laughs> you gotta be all in can we say it together type all it in, in. let's go and i'm like i and the countdown's going so we had th two and a half minutes and now it's at a minute and 20 seconds and it's just going down and i'm i'm kind of looking at this thing and my friends on the sideline are like go 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 you're still in it you know and people have a lot of people have failed before that point others have made it towards the end and they timed out and the only way you move on is to get to the end under the time limit so i'm like God, I don't want to go through another year of an injury and the pain of this. And that flashes in my mind, right? And I'm like, I got to make this decision. And I'm like, screw this. I'm going all in. So full send it, boom, land on the thing, swings back. And I make this big jump and dismount. And that's where I'd landed and jacked myself the year before. But as I land and catch, I kind of look down and my ankle's still intact. I'm like, ah, try to climb out. Countdown's going and people are screaming, go, go, go. So take off on the next obstacle, work my way through it. By some miracle, get to the last one. And the countdown's happening. You're like, 20 seconds, 15. And I'm working through this underwater obstacle. And, and as I'm getting towards the end of it, it's five seconds. It's four seconds. And I am exhausted and gassed. And as we start climbing out, you had to climb out of this pool and jump up and hit the buzzer. And I can kind of see the red lights going. And I make this last desperate attempt of, in my mind, because of the red lights, that means the timer had already ended and it's over and the crowd's roaring. So I, I don't know what's happening. I'm delirious. I just come up from the water. So I'm like, oh, it's already, it's already over. I already lost it. But symbolically, I'm still going to finish my race right here. I'm still going to finish giving it everything I have. And this is like slow motion. I'm moving so slow because I'm so tired. But um, I still just like kind of climb out of the water and I reach up and I smack that buzzer. And I'm just like, I kind of collapse. And I was like, well, I can't believe I got this far. That was a good effort. Bummer that I didn't make it. And I, I go to like lay back. And as I lay back, I see this fire <laughs> flaring up around me. Kind of work, fireworks going off and lights flashing and people cheering. And I look and like on the timer, it had like one second left. 
It's like, wait, I made it. I made it. And so as I go nuts, I'm kind of like, oh my gosh. And it was a, it was a culmination of six years of, of every year having to go a little bit more. Like I realized there's a little bit more I can do. I can go all in a little bit more. And it finally like hit and paid off. And it wasn't by really my strength. And that is a script, Old Testament scripture, not by might, not by power, but by God's spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And I realized, man, I, I, was, I was living on hopes and dreams and prayers and the wings of angels to get through that. But God brought it all into full circle. After quitting that job, out of nowhere, a new TV show pops up that I end up spending seven months in Latin America speaking Spanish, not having a phone, a TV, an internet, none of that, sleeping on a mat in the woods, full-on survivor the TV show style, the co-creator of Survivor made this new show. He mixed Ninja Warrior and Survivor, and it was wild. And, and we're out of time to tell that story, but I would say that through that, after quitting my job, after having breakthrough on Ninja Warrior, but it not playing out, I didn't win the million dollars that year. I had nothing lined up financially. What I'm going to do next? I don't know where this TV show calls me up. And they, the, the base pay, to be on it, for my position matched my engineering pay is <laughs> it what and we can win prizes they're like you can win prizes one person gets eliminated every week you can make it through week one you can make it through week 20 who knows and bit by bit i made it from week one to five week five i won a new suv week seven i won a five thousand dollar prize but i had injuries but i had setbacks but there were these doubtful moments i was isolated you don't call your family you're just sleeping in a shack in the woods with a few other teammates. Some of these people are using coping mechanisms to get by. And I'll leave those details out. But I had, I had character moments of, hey, what am I here for? And what's my coping mechanism? It's the word. It's, it's God's word every day. And I got an exemption to bring my Bible in there. That's the only thing we brought in. That and a couple pairs of underwear. They gave us everything else. And I spent time in the word. And I was just desperate for God to give me clarity each day. And he would show up and he would protect me. And he would guide and he'd give me wisdom. My job was just to be all in there. We get to the end of it. I win another SUV, break my ankle. Somehow I'll come back in two weeks later, get into the finals day after day, eliminate one person, eliminate the next person, eliminate the next person. And now it's me and the last person in the finals. And, it, and every day it was like, God, I'm here putting you first, others second, and me third. It's not about me winning at all costs. It's about me speaking what you put on my heart, doing things the right way, your righteousness. And I'm just trusting you that things will work out as they need to. And maybe I win this thing and maybe I don't. That's not what's really important. And I learned from that Ninja Warrior experience that I never won it. But that wasn't what was important. So I was okay with that then. And then guess what? I won that freaking thing. <laughs> And I say I won, but I, I really say God rewards those who are faithful. Amen. And Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in doing good. For if you do not give up at the right time, at the due time, you reap a harvest. And man, it was a harvest. And it was wild to, to see the faith that I had to live by, that God gave me grace to do, but the way he prepared me to be there. So for those listening to this, I hope that, I hope that it sparks something in you. You may make that decision to be all in and things might get worse spiritually, financially, physically. If you start a new workout program and you haven't been working, working out, you're going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to get worse to some degree, but it's worth it because, man, you'll be surprised at how fast a year goes by 
And you don't want to be in the same place a year later. You don't want to look back five or 10 years ago and regret something. I knew I could stay in my safe corporate job and just keep plodding along and making a little bit more money and being a little bit safer. But then I have to look back and go, dude, I didn't risk anything. I missed out on some cool parts of my life because I was more worried about playing it safe than I was about taking a risk. And so the ironic part is when I quit that job and people mocked me at my old job and they're like, this, this fool, it was foolish by the worldly standard. When I got out of that TV show, I called one of my old managers, not to mock him, but he was like curious of what's going to happen. I was like, man, I haven't, sorry, I've been out of touch for nine months. I didn't have my phone. Uh, bro, you wouldn't believe what happened. I won this thing. He's like, what? So I tell him some of the stories. He's like, man, you wouldn't believe what happened. Coronavirus came through. It wiped out half the company. We had to let everyone in our, your old division go. You wouldn't have made it. I'm like, wow. so you're Easy. telling, me, <laughs> telling me the riskiest thing you can do is play it safe. Think on that. Wow. I love that, man. I love that. Holy cow. That's a wrap for that. me. That is, man, that was a lot. Every question that I was, I was going <clears> to <throat> ask you, I think you answered again. Like every time I was going to ask you a question, you like just went in and answered it. So yeah. one of the last questions I was going to ask was what advice can you give men who are more comfortable being comfortable than wanting to go all in? And you just answered that. I mean, come on, like what's, what's more risky than uh, what's more risky, right? Just staying where you are mm. and floating downstream like a dead fish or fighting for for another day or for something new and listening to the voice of god man thank you nate that was yeah, that, that was amazing amazing story thank you so much um we're gonna we're gonna like i'm gonna i'm gonna try to find some questions here that that maybe i'd love to go love you love for you to go maybe a little bit more into i know we're, we're almost out of time here but sure yeah sorry um, that I, I rambled on the story but i thought that it was still relevant as far as that, that absolutely point. oh no absolutely it was and the complacency, the passivity, and don't look at me and think that it's easy for this guy. He's got athleticism, yeah. or he's got looks, or he's got something else. Dudes, I have been through the ringer in so many places. I have to like, <laughs> what's the old phrase from David? He's like, he encouraged himself in the Lord. There's times I'm so depressed or I don't want to keep going or it's so much easier just to be passive, not go for it. It's like, I have to keep putting myself in the environments with the right people. Yeah. I moved to Dallas on a leap of faith. I'm still living by faith. I'm still learning. And it's still scary to put yourself out there to be all in. Just like I do ice baths and I freaking hate them. And it's, it's still just as painful the hundredth time as it is the first time. I know in my mind that it's not going to kill me so I can get through it easier. It's still scary. It's still frustrating. I don't want to do this crap, yeah. but I know that there's value in, in my mind and my body and in my spirit. So I'll, I'll kind of keep doing it. It's the same way in faith. I'm still taking steps of faith and each time they're bigger. I just, I just signed a real estate deal. My first investment property. Congratulations, man. This morning. Hey, scary, scary, it's very scary. I've, I've leveraged a lot of things I've worked for for years to move forward on this. And, and there's a lot of risk. Yeah. Yep. But life is risk. You know, it's risky playing it safe. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's That's Dude, that's so crazy because I'm like, if, if my wife ever hears this episode, we're literally, <laughs> we're literally talking about this right now. 
and we want to get into our first one. And it's like, we've been doing so much research, but then it's like, as we've like been doing research in this, like God's been putting people in our lives to kind of educating us. And, but it's like, it's still really scary because it's the fear of like, Oh, like, what if I just burn money and just, um, which actually leads me to a clarifying question I wanted to ask. And this is, I think a lot of men identify with this, but you said, you said rewind maybe 20 or 30 minutes ago, you said you thought that the, the, fi- the financial stability that you felt and this new physicality, right? Like you were this scrawny kid, although you were six foot tall, but you were like thin and skinny and you're homeschooled. And it was such a powerful story. And you thought, you know, you, you started hitting the weight room. And I see this, like, I, I've seen this time and time again, where freshman boys hit college, right? And they're like, oh, it's meathead time, right? And we try to find our identity in this. And then you, you did that throughout college. Like you're, you're doing the, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're studying, you're, you're learning, um, you're getting an engineering degree, I'm guessing. And then, and then, so it's like, now you got the body and then you graduate, you get the job, right? And then it seems like there's still this, you know, so much of like men, we, we learn, like the conversation when you meet someone is, hey, like, who are you? And the next question is like, oh, like, what do you do? Right? And it seems like you, you got there and then there's still this emptiness. Can you, can you share in that a little bit? Yeah, man. Great question. I, sometimes looking back, I would say, oh, I wish I'd gotten the order better. I wish I'd been more all in spiritually and then let other things cascade after that. But I realized, man, be where you are. For me, I, I'd seen some of the religious world. I was just like, eh, lame. These people are lame. Um, I didn't see a great example of it. So yeah, the first part was like for me, learning some of these disciplines and, and using my mind as best I could. I wasn't the smartest guy. I learned like consistency and self-discipline. So I got better there and that led me into getting into the engineering track and then disciplining my body and seeing some results there. And that there's a, there's a healthy amount of good confidence. Even when I got into a party lifestyle in college, I learned to open up a little bit and get a little bit more like confident and not being this kind of tight religious. Uh, and we need some of that. Now, as these other parts of my life developed in health and looks and wealth and, and success, I realized, man, it's, it's kind of meaningless. King Solomon, the wealthiest, wisest man in the world, mostly talked about all the, the success he had and the sex he had and the kingdoms he built, and the money he had. It's like, it's all kind of meaningless without the simple things of like getting back to your relationship with God. So I got to that place of, man, God kind of showed me like you can achieve some things, you can find some success. And um, I realized it was going to be meaningless and it was already feeling meaningless. And I could, I mean, wisdom is like not just learning from your own mistakes, but learning from other people's successes and their failures. So I'm looking around and I'm observing people older and younger and equal age. Like, dude, these dudes don't have it figured out. And I look back to some younger guys like these, these guys are living on purpose and they're on mission. And they're talking about the way that they serve Jesus and like the way that their life builds around that. I'm like, maybe, maybe I kind of missed it. And that's where it became pretty clear. Like the spiritual pieces where one, I haven't been all in. I haven't really put time other than like checking a box of like still showing up on church and I'm still learning some knowledge, but I hadn't learned like yeah. life that comes from, from a connection and a relationship with God. So that really like became revelation to me. I was like, God, I'm all in, but I need yeah. to see something. I need more. I, I can't do this religious bullshit. We got to see something real. And dude, God will show up. He'll put people in your life when you ask those questions. It's like, Eric, you're saying you've been thinking about some of this real estate stuff. And then like, there's a person there and there's, there's some, there's someone here. Yeah. It's the same for me. I, I've had people show up in my life 
I mean, the people I've met with, with Mario and others last year, like God just aligned people, boom, boom, boom. The next thing I'm supposed to do, I'm like, this person's there. The deal I just signed, a guy named Jared Galdi has been become one of my best friends. Incredible man. And it, such an incredible man, great heart. And just become one of my best friends. And and then as I got to know him, he's like, he's in real estate. And I'm like, cool, I'm not in real estate. I don't know or even care about that. And all of a sudden, I kind of start getting steered towards this stuff. And now this deal falls on my lap. And I'm like, what do I do with this thing? Who do I know that knows real estate? Oh, my best friend. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Um, okay. <laughs> got to put the people in there for, for when yeah. you're asking the right things. So I don't even know if I'm answering your question. But no, I, no, absolutely. Man, for sure. For sure. Like, I think once you start achieving a little bit, men, you got to be observant. If you, if you, if you find some success in something, then also notice when it doesn't give you the fulfillment you're looking for and be willing to go. I, don't, I do need to keep searching, but what do I need to do? I can try all the things in the world. You can do that. It can take a long time. I'll go ahead and help you cut to the chase. Like there's only one <laughs> real truth. There's only one real answer. There's only one real way. Amen. You can find all the other ways, but as long as you're searching for truth, yeah. you'll get down that path. You'll get to that place. So keep searching. Don't, don't yeah. be complacent. Keep searching and, and use wisdom. It'll shortcut your journey Love that. in a good way. It, yeah. I feel like it, what you're, what you were saying was, I mean, it kind of hit it. It definitely answered my question. I think, in different seasons you're we're pursuing different things right like you know in the, in the college season we get really for some reason we a lot of men we get really into our bodies right it's like for the first time it's like we're growing into our bodies yeah. like we're hitting the, we're hitting the weight room and then you graduate and you like you grow up and you said oh my god i figure out wallet right it's like finances what yeah. am i going to do what am i going to do and this soul care kind of gets left behind but although maybe we explored that early on and it's like i draw this analogy to something i share at the gym all the time where we have like our five factors of health and there's all these, there's, you know, sleep, eat, train, like there's all these things that fall into what makes you a healthy person in terms of when we want to categorize yourself into health. But yeah. when you look at ourselves as a being, you know, it's like, it's like, it's almost like every one of these fat, like these factors or these pillars of our lives, body, heart, mind, soul, wallet, finances, right? We want to maybe in different seasons, we grow in different ways, but we can't let any one of them get neglected for a long period of time. Otherwise it starts to take out your entire being. That's good. That's good. I, I like the, the seasonal focus. That's good, Eric, because we're men, right? So we can't multitask that well. Do, do one thing, build it up. Yeah. And, and have a long-term perspective. So cool. It starts with like kind of the school thing. And then it starts with the, the health, the athletics and strength. And then it's financial. And then, then it's some emotional piece. And, and maybe the spiritual comes last, whatever it is, build them up, but then steward it. Right now we're called a steward. That's, so once you kind of have key. it, I got, I got guitar skills from high school and, and I kind of let that go for a long time for 10 years. Mm. I realized, man, I, I'm neglecting a gift that's been given to me. So let me just go. It doesn't take a lot to kind of keep it rolling. Once the momentum's there, it takes a lot to like build it up. But once it's there man, steward it, God gives you, he, he says, if you're faithful with little, you're faithful, you'll be faithful with much. And in our, our principle of being ambassadors for the kingdom we're stewards, we're, we're stewarding resources. And when something's been given to us, then just, Keep working on it little bit by bit and it'll grow. And it's it's amazing. So you're, you're saying it well, like focus that area, build it up, and then okay, throw it in the backpack. It's but it's now it's one of your tools. It's part of your routine, it's part of your rhythm. I mean, I, I was at the gym this morning. I didn't have an amazing workout, but I had a consistent workout because it's part of my routine. Mm. And I was before that in the word, getting ready for something else. And I was before after that, I was in 
in this real estate deal I'm doing. And like, now I'm here with you yeah. guys. It's just small, consistent steps every yeah. day, every week, depending on your season. Love it, man. All right. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I just get excited. About it. <laughs> no, man, it's, it's good. It's good. because We want everybody to hear this uh, from not us, right? Because we, yeah. we, we want to make sure that we're, 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 you know, trumpeting the right, the right trumpet as well. Right. So when, when we hear everybody that, that we bring on kind of saying the same things in a different way or a different tone, uh, it's powerful because it means that, that what, what the Lord has shown us is really what the Lord has shown us, right? Because it's, it's consistent message and it's, it's focus. Um, all right, let's, let's jump into our shotgun questions. Uh, Nate, this has been like, just so, so good. So rich, man. Uh, we have some five, like just, just fun little shotgun questions. Um, and I'm going to start, I'm going to start at the bottom. Uh, Eric, if you, if you know what I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the list, I'm gonna start at the bottom. Yep. So, uh, the, the kind of the beginning of this question is how do you, how do you, you know, train or take care of, uh, your wallet right now, your finances? What is it? What is it, one thing that you do that, that you do to like steward your, your finances right now? Great question. Um, I haven't been asked something like that. I do. Okay. I left the engineering job, right? So I had, I had a much higher income and I was very intentional with that as I made it like first tithe, then save, then invest. And now, and then I pay my bills or you could flip that order. But, but then I had some spending money and like, and I was a little bit more loose. Like, okay, cool. I'm eating out. I'm enjoying some of this. Cause I I'd moved through the place of like paying off debt and being very tight. And I'd gotten into a spot a little bit more abundance and like, I want to go do a trip now. Cool. Let's book a trip and go on a ski trip. Let's do this. So I got a little bit more loose in the back half of my career because I had the freedom to. And then when I quit my job, I had been preparing like, okay, I'm saving some money as an emergency fund and I've got to get lean. So I got a, I'm looking out of my window here. I got an old truck that I bought in 2008. I'm still driving that baby because and it's got 200,000 miles on it. Not because I couldn't have afforded something newer and nicer a long time ago but because I wanted to still stay lean in my, what my output is. Like I'm only, I can't really control what my income is. There's just things I can do, but as I'm stepping out into something new, I've got to lean out in the way that I'm, I'm burning off my cash. And so I kept my expenses low, kept my living conditions low. I bought a house in Houston. I got roommates in it and roommates are fun and roommates can be also conflict and hassle. It's, it's like, it's, it's pros and cons, but I kept my expenses low. And I had to be intentional with that. And so I'm not much of a chef, but one thing in this season, because I don't have, I'm not generating income in a traditional way. I get speaking events every once in a while. I get smaller things. And, and the investment deal that I just made is me taking some of my savings and investments and putting that all into this now real estate deal. So it's, it's not really an income thing, but I'm still staying lean as I'm in the season of, I'm not making much. So I'm living lean. And when I increase that income, cool. Now I'll, I'll be able to splurge a little bit and I'll go to this restaurant, but I'm, I'm having to stay disciplined. And I've done that in when I'm trying to gain a lot of weight and I'm growing, I'm eating calories like crazy. Then when I'm getting ready for the warrior, it's time to lean out. I need to shut off 10 pounds of fat and I don't need to lose any muscles. So mm. I got to cut out the excess calories, the things that aren't important, and I have to be strategic with it. So I'm, I'm in the season of being strategic with my finances so that I, I don't sink myself as I'm navigating a few of these things and still living that's good. That's good. Awesome, dude. That was a great answer. Yeah, you're going to have to coach me on how to have a shorter answer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, work, we'll work through it. We'll work through it. Um, man, how do you take care of your soul? Ooh, Ooh that's my, 
Good question. My hardest one, you know, earlier when I talked about the five pillars, you have spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, financial. The hardest one for me is emotional. That's the thing that came last for me. Like it was like more or less after I even gave my life to Jesus and I've worked on financial and physical, all these other components, my soul and the emotion of that, opening it up, opening up old wounds and, and things like I just wanted to avoid all of that. I'd push it down. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about the relationship with my dad. I don't want to I don't get into feelings and girlfriends and girls asking questions about this stuff. I'm like, <sighs> now it's, I've learned to be uncomfortable or I've learned to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And for me, it had to start in the natural. It had to start with the physical. It had to start with an ice bath, a workout that pushed me. And as I learned, okay, I'm not going to die here. I can get past this. And there's other places where I'm like, I got to get in some of this soul stuff. I got to get in some of this emotion. I've got to, ask questions. I've got to be willing to have deep conversation. I went to a dating conference this past weekend in Orlando. Um, I'm still single. So I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to put myself out there. Even that's a little uncomfortable in certain ways. And they made us do this exercise where we had to hold hands with, we had to pair up with someone there. There was like a thousand people pair up with someone. And then they, the instructor didn't tell us what we're going to do. So me and my buddy think we're going to have a safe out. We're like you and me. Yeah. Yeah. So me and my bro, <laughs> Like you and me, we'll pair up. We pair up. And she's like, okay, here's the exercise. You're going to hold hands and look into each other's eyes. Oh, wow. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> so I'm sitting here with my buddy, Justin, who's a friend and a ninja warrior and a cowboy kind of tough guy. And we're holding each other's hands and looking into each other's eyes. And, and we're kind of giggling and looking away. And she's like, <laughs> They focused, look into each other's eyes. We're going to, we're going to do some soul work here. And I'm like, I don't want long story short, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's for your own dang good. Just like digging out a, a knot through deep tissue massage. And you're going to break it up and oh, break it. And you know, oh, that feels better for us, men. For me, emotion is like emotion, soul. I just want to avoid it all, but I've learned one, I'm considering counseling. So that's, that's one long-term step. I've heard people say counseling, therapy, all this stuff is, is good. You should do it. And I'm like, mm, I'll go have a beer with a buddy. That's good enough for me, but learning to slowly step into that. So I'm translating how I've learned to be uncomfortable physically and putting that in the soul work and really creating space. I, I used to fill my time so much, fill it with work, fill it with all these things. I'm learning to just sit back, cup of coffee and a journal right here. And just sit there and listen and put my phone on silent and hide it away from me and not have these distractions and just listen. And man, God will, God will give you things. He'll put words on your heart and your spirit on these paper. When I won that first SUV on that TV show, I'd woken up that morning and I'm out doing my routine, mundane little up at the butt crack of dawn because the rooster crow making little notes and highlighting stuff in my journal. And that day I just, I just heard three, three 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 i was like okay that's weird we show up at the course that day they say today we're competing for a new prize it's a new suv suv comes out um we compete all day long i end up being the last person standing that was a crazy odds how it worked out and they're like hey nathan go to the podium pick between the numbers one two and three behind the first thing there's going to be maybe it's the the key to the car maybe it's a picture of a car or the or the other one is like a remote control car what number do you pick 
Guess what number I picked? Three. Let's go. Three. <laughs> drum roll. They're like, turn around number three. Behind number three was a dangling pair of keys to this new SUV. That's crazy. Be amazed <laughs> what God will tell you, speak to you, and you just put yourself in a quiet space without that freaking phone and all the things. That, and I'm preaching to myself. If you guys think that, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm I Jeez. All right. Next question. <laughs> All right. That was, that, I love like that was that was kind of a mix of <clears throat> soul and heart. And and I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Maybe I don't so. fully know what my soul is. So <laughs> oh, I think I think what we were talking, we're 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 more focused on, which is what you covered, you hit like right at the end of that was more like you know, soul spirit. Like, you know, you're it's it's really where where we kind of feel uh in touch with God, right? That's our, our yeah. connection with God. Um, okay, so uh, two more, um, mind. Okay. How do you take care of your mind? And then how do you take care of your body? Mm. Body feels easier to say in the way that I've, I've learned there's basic things to take care of your health. One is what do we do every day? Drink water. All right. One. So drink plenty of water. That's good. I don't really drink Cokes and soft drinks. I'm, I'm not against sugar per se, cause I'm, I'm pretty good about what I take into my body but I drink water and most importantly, filtered water with a good filter because there's chlorine, there's fluoride in your water. Um, See, so ideally get out more alkaline water. That's, that's good enough for the basics, but then good food, trying to get nutrition. Like I don't like cooking. I don't like vegetables. Um, I'd love to eat out all the time, but I avoid anything McDonald's, Taco Bell, fast food that's actually fake food. I stay away from that crap. I've disciplined myself a long time ago to say it's not an option. Just it, I don't eat that. So it's not like when I get to the place I'm hungry, I'm tired, and I just compromise. It's like, wait, that's yeah. not even an option for me. So I'm finding something else. So those are the basics in that with just with a basic routine of exercising. Go for a walk, and I have to challenge myself with something. So I have to have something out there one, two, three months away that's like, oh, that's coming up. I got to go to the gym today because without it, I'll start chilling and. Ninja Warrior's been good for me because it's like it's that challenge that I'm working towards. Without it, I kind of I'm gonna take a break, and I'm kind of tired. And I'm frick, I'm always tired, man. Anyone not not always tired? Like there's there's always a reason why you don't do this. So I have to have to know myself, know my nature, know my flesh, and have little carrots or prods in there to to keep me going. As far as my mind, I don't have the best strategy at the moment, but I know that. I mean, so many ways that our mind works with using, with meditating, with, for me, like trying to repeat and memorize some scriptures. I got everything I shared today was things I've memorized through the years, but uh, I have to go back and refresh myself on it. And I always try to find a new area that's something exciting for me to grow and learn in. Right now, it's real estate. I've just kind of started diving into this and it's exciting because I'm, <laughs> I put a lot of my money into it. So now it's like, I'm, I've committed to it. So now it's like, I'm, I'm got to pay attention to this. So I'm sharpening my mind with something new that I'm learning. And then I like to go back and break out my guitar, reread through a book, learn from good podcasts that, that touch my soul and my spirit, and also teach me practical things that are like, oh, that's interesting, or that's inspiring, or, you know, I'm reading this, this book about the falling testosterone rates in men over the past 60 years, and how that affects brain health and reproductive rates, and like, oh, this is interesting to me, so I'm, I'm studying and growing. And then I try, try not to consume clickbaity, too much news, too much sports, because I can get lost in the rabbit trail of like wasting my time there. Same with social media. 
it's, it's a crap hole. <coughs> Still do it. Love it, man. Love it. Nate, this has been an amazing, amazing time. Thank you so much for your time, man. Um, just praying for just continued success on every endeavor, every show, every real estate real estate deal that you guys make. Um, uh, just thank you so much for, for blessing us uh, today with your story and just the intentionality, I think, with uh, what we've learned today about um, just being intentional, uh, being intentional about being uncomfortable. And that's how really, that's how you grow. Putting yourself in a position to be all in is probably the, 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 most, the most life you can give yourself. Um, and I love that about your story, man. Good. Thank you, Mario. Thank you, Eric. And, and the, the closer for that, don't do it alone, guys. Mm, yes, we, accountability. I, we want to think we can do it alone. I can figure this out on my own. I can do it alone. I'll get it done. That's the lie. Get yourself around the right people. They're on, on the screen here with me. They're in your communities. Don't believe the lie that you'll figure this out on your own. Yeah. Or the gym on your own. Get yourself there with people. That's where my successes are because I'm willing to put myself around. That guy needs to help me here. That guy needs to help me here. Please help me. They want to help. Yeah. Get yourself there. Don't do it alone. Absolutely. That, love that, man. Thank you. Nate right. Burkhalter on We The Trust. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, we will see you next time. All right. Thanks for joining us today, guys. For more content, you can find us on Instagram at wethetrust or at wethetrust.com. If you'd like to connect further with Eric, you can find him on Instagram at Coach Eric Freedom. And if you'd like to connect further with me, Mario, you can find me on Instagram at the Mario Quesada. We'll see you next time.